It's Dr. Stu's Podcast at drstuespodcast.com. I'm Brian Whitman, along with my friend, Dr. Stuart Fishbein. Yes, I have a little hum, a little frog in my throat, so I'm sorry for that. Yeah, I, can, I can hear that, Brian. You know what? I have a little frog in my throat, too. That's because uh, I was at the uh, Los Angeles Kings opening night last night where they fell flat on their face. And you were <laughs> shouting the whole time. And the time. Loudest, loudest cheers we had all night long were when they announced the Dodgers score. Uh, right. <laughs> the, the, the stadium <laughs> okay. went crazy. But Well, in a moment, you're going to hear a perfect voice that doesn't have any little... A frog in it, but if you'd like to send an email, ask Dr. Stu at gmail.com. That's ask Dr. Stu at gmail.com. Go to iTunes, subscribe to Dr. Stu's podcast, give him five stars, write a nice review, and subscribe on iTunes to the Dr. Stu podcast. And our guest is uh, an old friend of mine. She is my morning co host on AM 870, The Answer in Los Angeles, a brand new mom by seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Seven weeks yesterday. Seven weeks on Sunday. On Sunday, yep. seven weeks. Yep. This is, of course, the beautiful Elisha Krause. Dr. Stu, Elisha. It's clap, so clap, nice. clap, clap. Do we have to do the sound effect? Where's clap, the clap, fake clap. applause? Yeah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Randy's working on it. Randy's, we what? used to have an audience, and we'd sit them around Randy's apartment like they'd hang by the air yes. conditioner, and we'd hold a sign that said applause. Uh-huh. And then they just said, you know, you're not paying us to do this. See, or, I should have brought my new baby and Eric for this, and then they could have been the the audience oh there There they are that's that's like an appropriate golf clap (laughs) (laughs) she knows all the radio sounds it's funny when you mention your husband eric who i love who's great dr Stu. you would love eric alicia's husband everybody you'd love randy you'd love he's a great guy he um he has handsome too by the way he's very quite handsome i saw him i know the other night he's a pretty good looking guy he's my better half Oh, uh, well, I, I'd say you you both, uh, he, he's doing just fine. He's got a beautiful <laughs> wife. and a, Well, look what they created. Uh, uh, this is it. I have said, Alicia's heard me say this five times. The baby is like something out of central casting. And I don't want to say like a science experiment because that sounds weird. But if I could program with a computer like a little button nose on a baby and little ears and little eyes that open and they're blue and little lips and that little smile... She is what I would create. She's precious. If, if yeah. she, God bless her. She is so precious. She's like a little like China doll, she I think. And, so and I think cute. she looks just like her father, but she has my lips. So I kind of feel bad for her because all growing up, I was a super scrawny blonde. So from behind, all you could see was like super skinny legs and long blonde hair. And then from the front, I just had these massive lips. So I know she's going to go through an awkward stage where like her face is just overtaken by her lips. But then once she hits like 18, she'll appreciate them again. And the good news is she'll have a great mom to talk her through that awkward stage when her lips consume her entire (laughs) face. (laughs) She'll have a great mom and a great dad to talk her through those tough times. No matter what happens, she's always beautiful. So it's so funny because I've known Dr. Stu forever and Dr. Stu and I over most recent years have had very passionate conversations about home birthing and all of that and mm-hmm. in our friendly breakfast along comes the idea to do a podcast like this and then I meet you yeah. you come to KRLA to co-host the morning answer and uh, everybody who listens knows what a great job you do and you don't need Thank me you. to say that you're the best and 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 you're in there and you're pregnant and you're like oh yeah we're having the baby at home mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. And we didn't tell that many people because it is such a controversial issue. My my husband, Eric, he uh, kind of says it's like uh, religion and politics, the, the topic of just birth in general, um, specifically home birth, that it can make or break friendships or families and 
uh, you know, working relationships, whatever. I mean, even at we had a work event uh, in Pomona on Sunday night that you both were a part of. And um, uh, this guy came up to me. He's like, I'm fascinated that you had a home birth. My wife wants to do it. But I told her, no, that's what hospitals are for. And in, my, in the back of my head, I was like, be nice, be nice. And mm. I was like, oh, well, you know. Good for her, because the last place I'd want to be in labor is on my way to, in you know, in a car on the way to the hospital. And I tried to be positive about it. But in my head, I'm like, no, hospitals are where you go for when bad things happen to get better, not when you're bringing like this joyous, beautiful life into the how, world. How, how did you ever get that philosophy? Because... <laughs> Because if, I, if this guy would have come up to me that night, I'd still be talking to him two days later. <laughs> right. right. Trying to tell him all the things I know about the pros and cons. I mean, listen, hospitals are there for a reason. Uh-huh. But what you just said is so eloquent. How did you how did you get that? You know, mentality? my um, my uh, I guess I kind of had an experience. My childhood best friend, Lauren, her she is the oldest of five. And she and her older and she and her little brother were born in hospitals. And her, the middle child was born in a car on the way to the hospital. And then the final two were born at home. And so I was a part of the, the final three white children's births, in a, in a sense, because we moved to Oklahoma and, and got to know them right around the time that the child born in the car was born. And so then we were present, um, not at, at the actual births, but when Aunt Kathy had uh, Catherine and Nicholas, we were there, you know, that day visiting. And as the midwife was still there doing the, you know, newborn infant care kind of checks and all that stuff. So I was exposed to it then, um, but hadn't been for a very long time. I lived in Manhattan and I, and I, for seven years, and I always remember kind of thinking it was odd that women who were only eating organic and wouldn't drink anything unless it was double filtered blah 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 but then they'd go to cedar sinai or roosevelt hospital in manhattan and get pumped with an epidural and i just thought that was so hypocritical of them to kind of like why go through your entire pregnancy trying to keep your body clean and then pumping it with drugs right before your baby comes into the world um so then that was just kind of like my personal thing and then in the process of getting pregnant uh i said to eric like right after we took the six-week pregnancy test i said i want to have a midwife um at the time we were in michigan and i didn't think it was even an option to have a home birth although it was always something that was kind of in the back of my mind and then thankfully when we came out here to california that that became an option yeah you're like wow if i can't have a home birth in la then what can you do in la (laughs) we're in the right place now uh, michigan has some weird laws about Mm. home birth and even the state of california there's stuff that that all these midwives have to kind of work around um yeah yeah we've talked about that in a previous podcast and there's a bill out now you guys probably briefly Mm -hmm. talked about it on assembly bill 1308 that we talked about we have a podcast just go to dr stew's podcast scroll down there a couple of we had adiola on to talk about 1308 which is a very informative podcast and right. uh, you know it's interesting to me um i can tell dr stew is blown away by the eloquence of alicia and, and you say these things perfectly oh, l- like you've almost been a professional advocate when you haven't been you've just been a mom for eight weeks who had over seven weeks who had her baby at home yeah um and, and it was such an amazing experience i mean i thankfully i was blessed to have a very healthy pregnancy um you know it was my first pregnancy so i'm grateful that it did not end in a miscarriage because i didn't realize until after i became pregnant how common it is for first pregnancies to to end yeah about 30 percent that that's so sad to me and and i think that we need scientists and doctors and people to kind of look into to the whys of that because i can't imagine how heartbreaking that is and i've had friends that have miscarried and that's so sad so i'm grateful that for the first pregnancy everything went amazingly well and and 
and I think that people assume that they think, oh, why are you having a home birth? Isn't that so dangerous? But the point is, is that you wouldn't even have the option of a home birth if there were the potential, like the minuscule potential of anything going yeah, know, wrong. Yeah, when, there are certain criteria that especially midwives are, you know, they obviously want great outcomes. And so mm-hmm. they're very careful about cherry picking their patients mm-hmm. to be sure. Well, actually, I just fell into a trap because I called you a patient. Midwives don't use the word patient. Yeah. Yeah, the word is client. My, my, yes. my midwife, uh, Susan Gill, she's based on an OC, and she actually, I love it on her car. She has, you know, babies aren't delivered, they're caught. Right. Like pizzas are <laughs> delivered, babies are caught. Right, right. And exactly right. And, and, and when doctors, when people say, who delivered your baby, mm-hmm. when they ask you that question, you say, I did. Not, <laughs> not Susan Gill or not Dr. Dr. So-and-so. You say, yeah, I delivered my baby. Uh-huh. You know, and so-and-so helped make sure that it didn't fall and hit the floor or something, yeah. but... But ultimately, the, the woman delivers the baby. So we, we get into this thing, and I think we're going to do a podcast really soon about uh, uh, the u- misuse of words. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that at another time. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just so impressed because you and I just met. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like this was a, uh, a planned thing ahead of time. When I found out from Brian that his co-host was having a home birth, you know, I was flabbergasted because I was so delighted. He really that was. somebody yeah. of notoriety... Yeah. You know, there are celebrities well, that do this. Thank you. I'm definitely not of, like, notoriety. Well, but, but you're only going to get, you know, on, you're on your way up. Uh-huh. I mean, you're working for a, a, a major radio station with yeah. two really brilliant perform. I mean, they I are. wouldn't call you performers, but I guess that's what you, you do. They're on really the awesome, yeah. guys. Thank you. Yeah, call, I mean, you with me Ben and, and Brian. And we're lucky to have her. But the point you make is people know who she is. She's a public person. Yes. And when public people... Uh, choose options like home birthing. We had Kimberly Vanderbeek. I mm-hmm. think you heard that mm-hmm. podcast. Maybe uh, you know it gets a little bit more attention sometimes. That's just human nature. Well, this it is, might not be right. The, the but person that re- that brought home birth back out of the shadows recently was obviously Ricky Lake, yeah, right? and doing her film with Abby Epstein of the business of being born. Yeah. And without people and all the follow up ones that they did too, and the more business of being yeah. born, which I'm in by the way, and yeah. several of those. Oh, really? but is the doctor St- part of Doctor Stu played by Doctor Stu? Doctor Stu is played. <laughs> <laughs> it's played by actually Doctor Stuart Fishbine. Oh, okay, uh, Doctor Stu isn't. But in it's a it's that's a, a stage name. It's, right? a, it's, yes. it's a documentary, right? <laughs> uh, it's it is a documentary, right? There's right. Four, so you you haven't seen them? It's four no. parts. There there we uh, took the Bradley method and our Bradley class instructor actually had us watch those movies and and i know so many people that have seen that and then gone oh wow how could you not want you know option number one being a whole birth so forgive me is this is a movie a video a dvd that people watch i would imagine well a lady finds out very early on a mom that she's going to have a baby Mm -hmm. you watch this pretty early on because what i'm hearing is that it sells you on the idea of home birthing no it's not the purpose of it selling you on the idea of home birthing it helps sell me on the idea and definitely my husband well okay so for alicia's case but what it does is it, it just gives information the whole, mm-hmm. the whole purpose of, the, of what midwives do and what I advocate is not to sell people on anything, but it's to give true informed consent and to make sure that people understand there are benefits and risks to a hospital birth, there are benefits and risks to a home birth. Each person needs to make their own choice rather than getting skewed information to funnel them down the path of fear and directing you to have a hospital birth because something might go wrong. I mean, we use the crazy analogy that I've said before. Well, you know, there are times where you might choke on a piece of meat. Should you always eat your dinners in the emergency room yeah. just in case? <laughs> no, it's a great and, point. And no one's, well, it's, it's a no, funny point. No, when you may, it is a funny point. You well, I get, I get a brain freeze sometimes when I eat ice cream, and obviously a brain freeze isn't life or death, but it's unenjoyable, but I still love to eat ice cream. But you know what's interesting? A moment ago, Alicia Krause is with us, of course, on Dr. Stu's podcast. You talked a moment ago, mm-hmm. Alicia, about the event 
we did the other night in mm-hmm. Pomona with some of our listeners for our radio station. Dr. Stu was there as well. And, uh, with my daughter. Uh, with, with Maddie, who's so beautiful. I haven't seen in so long. And it's like, oh my gosh. They grow up so fast. Where okay. did time go? I have a confession because yeah. my mom's going to listen to this. Um, mom, I'm sorry for all the times I rolled my eyes at you when you were like, <laughs> oh, Maddie, are you listening? it passes and it goes by so fast because Stevie is only, our daughter's name is Stevie. She's only seven weeks old. And I was looking at her on the t- changing table earlier and I'm like, oh, she's like a baby now. I mean, her cheeks are filling out. Like right. her little thighs are filling out. She's tall. She's like 23 inches long now compared to the day she was born. I'm like, she's growing so fast. And you will blink and she'll be 17 uh, and she'll I'm be going under cry, the anxiety. Really. Guys, I'm going to of, cry. I, I'm so emotional. Uh, of having to search I, for so, colleges. So that, you know, we're doing the college thing right now. And oh my God, the, oh. the anxiety and pressure I can't it puts imagine. on kids. So, yeah, I couldn't imagine it either. And suddenly it's there oh, all of a sudden. Because I remember started. my daughter just like you described. I remember the day ha- she was born. Okay, Stuart. She wasn't cute like uh, Stevie was. She have was, you ever heard like the my song? Dad. Have you ever heard the song by Bob Carlyle called Butterfly Kisses? Oh. Yes. Okay. Are you going to sing for us? No, I'm not. Randy, no. can you sing for us? Oh, it, no, but Butterfly Kisses. Sorry, I know I interrupted you, no. but I had to take that opportunity I'm to apologize to my mother. I'm glad you did. I got a little emotion mother. out. I, I, I love your mom, too. Her mom's a sweetheart. Well, we what? on Dr. Sue's podcast yep. like to like to send tributes to our mothers. Yeah, we love moms. <laughs> but you said that a guy came up to you, and he basically said, oh, you're having your baby at home. And you said yes. And he said, oh, yeah, I'm going to have mine at the hospital in case anything goes wrong. Sort of well, the- no, he said that's what hospitals are for. That's, right, that's like what hospitals that, are that's, for. The hospitals are for babies. To be like, you know, that was his. Oh, that hospitals are there. Okay. Um, Okay, right. Hospitals are not just there, obviously, for babies to be born in. They can be born other places. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people go to the hospital who aren't pregnant, never been pregnant, have nothing to do with pregnancy. I mean, most of the floors in a hospital, when when we were going to have Stevie at the California Teaching Hospital, I mean, what is that? A 12 story building and only one floor is for labor and delivery. So what's happening in the rest of the hospital? Let me ask you you guys an interesting question. Uh, Let's fast, let's uh, imagine it's 200 years from now. Could you imagine? would you be happy to know that 200 years from today, babies were no longer, labor didn't happen and babies weren't born in hospitals, but there was another structure, another place, d- different from the hospital, not even connected to it, where they had the babies. Is there something about the babies being in the same structure as the people fighting for their life with cancer and, and, and people being treated in the ER for a busted elbow because of a skateboarding accident? Is there something about giving birth in that building where that stuff's happening that offends you or that makes you uncomfortable, Dr. Stu? No, but it's, it's hospitals have policies and procedures that, that mandate that sort of everybody be treated the same. I mean, when you come mm-hmm. into a hospital and they have their electronic medical records forms to fill out and you're laboring and you're contracting every three minutes and they're asking you questions without, with no eye contact, they're asking you oh. the same questions that they would ask somebody coming in to have their appendix removed, somebody coming in to have chemotherapy. It's the same list of questions. Are you wearing dentures? Where's your tattoos? How many stairs do you have in your house? What would your grandmother die from? These are irrelevant questions, but this is sort of how it's treated. I would have killed somebody if they had tried to ask me those questions during labor. Well, I mean, yeah, honestly. That's like, the beauty of being at home is you're not interrupted. The, the best part of, of being at home, and, and I had a very rapid labor, especially for a uh, first-time mom. H- um, how quickly or how long, if you care uh, to say? In hindsight, I think I might have been laboring on Saturday day because I was very lethargic, and I thought I was just having stronger Braxton Hicks. Uh-huh. And But my uh, contractions really started about midnight when I lost a little bit of my bag of waters. Right. And then... I went back to sleep until about one thirty, 
things really picked up from there, and Stevie was born at 646. Yeah, so that's pretty good. She had about five hours of active yeah. labor. Yeah, and I, I had almost two hours of pushing. Now, let me ask you about Eric, because I know Eric, her husband. He was Eric. amazing. And right now, he's Mr. Mom, because he's at home right now with Stevie. And he watches her like when I'm on the radio. Right, Alicia so comes best. in, and we do the radio show together, along with our friend mm-hmm. Ben Shapiro. And Eric is home, and he's Mr. Mom. He, uh, the, the one thing, and I've obviously been to Alicia and Eric's apartment. They had me over for pasta dinner and I came to meet baby Stevie so I've been to the home and I know Mm -hmm. the vibe and the vibe is this is all good okay like peaceful and like tranquil and when I left when I left last time when I came and met Stevie I walked out with Eric and I said wow dude he's like what I said there's just so something so peaceful about Stevie she's She's serene. There's serenity. That's a thing for me. There's serenity. There's peace. There's quiet. It's like wonderful. It's like a, it just was like beautiful in there because here's this brand new baby. She was what, four weeks when I met her? Five, I think so, five. yeah. She was okay. like right at four weeks. She made very little. She didn't, she uh, cried very little. Yeah. And she just slept. And when she does, it's for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's like dirty diaper, gassy, or hungry. That's and then, about it. And he <laughs> said to me, which is great, and this is why I bring it up, at that in that same conversation, Eric said, well, let's go do something, you know, and I said, oh, yeah, well, you know, when time, get, and I said, and he interrupted me because I was like, oh, yeah. you know, cause, he goes, Brian, he goes, we had a baby. He goes, nobody over here is dying. There's like, <laughs> it's like, we're fine. Like people are calling, you want something, want to come? It's like, we're fine. We yeah. have a baby here. Yeah. It's great. Our it's not lo- the end of the world. Right. Our, our lives it, continue and she's just a part of that now. Yes. Right. And the impression I got from Eric and you guys, uh, Alicia can speak to it better than I can. Dr. Stewart, I'd love to hear what you say. He basically said that like, he basically suggested that I, in the sweetest way, were like other friends who were sort of like, well, I'm, I know you can't do anything for the next 19 years, so uh, I guess I'll uh, sort of see you like around, you know, um, well, you know, like 20, 33 or something. But this is cool, man. You know, because yeah. you feel, I feel like you have so much going on, but it's so comforting to hear you guys and relieving to hear you guys say, hey, we're Alicia, we're Eric, this is Stevie, we're living our life. We're this, the Krauss family. We're the Krauss family. Yeah. yeah, it becomes part of your your daily living no matter where you live. Whether you live in Manhattan, you live a certain way, you live in Los Angeles, suddenly you're driving. It's a, You just adapt. The human, the human capability of adaptation is, is absolutely amazing. I mean, and, and having a family unit, you know, everybody, we talk about with Randy because Randy gets freaked out when, that sort of th- when we talk about that sort of <laughs> stuff. But, but it really does come naturally. I, mean, I raised four children. I mm-hmm. never, and, I, and I've still got a career, and I've written, and I've done all the things that I've done. It didn't really stop me. And I, but the greatest joy in my life has been going to the soccer games and yes. you know the graduations and all the things that we do or just having dinner at home watching the kids sitting around watching TV watching I'm them just, I'm watching them watching doing something else I, I was just thinking, yeah watching them and when they don't even know you're watching that's them. correct and that's yeah. sweet Isn't and that there's, sweet? there there's if anything has taught me like how important the roles of a mother and a father are despite I'm blessed that that my parents are still happily married all these years later I think they're 33, 34 years, but you have wonderful parents and I'm very, cause like not that many people, you know, Eric's, Eric's parents aren't still together and thank God, you know, he turned out okay. But having a child like, um, has really reinforced my beliefs in in the importance of a father and a mother in, in children's lives. Cause like, obviously I believe that God made me to, to birth her and nurse her, but there are so many other things that Eric is there to help. 
you know, the nighttime feedings or the, the huge emotional and physical support that he provided for me during labor and delivery. Let's not I forget mean, the foot rubbing. That, please. I mean, everything. Let's not like, leave the foot the rubbing off. And right. It's like, you know, I'm kind of like the mommy, the nurturer, and he's the protector and provider. And I've just, it's been kind of eye opening to see that. Alicia, yeah. being a parent it, said it in a different way. What I'm hearing you say, and I'm going to say it differently. Uh-huh. I'm hearing. Alicia, you're the mom. You take yeah. care of the new baby primarily. Yeah. And primarily, Eric takes care of you. Absolutely. And, and if that- there are any wives that are listening, please have your husbands listen. Because I have a girlfriend. That's actually how we ended up with our midwife. It, I feel like it was fate. A girlfriend in New York recommended our doula, uh, Abby Vidigan, who you, Dr. St- oh, no, you didn't get to see her the other night. No. But she's a huge fan. And um, she, uh, Abby, said, you know, I think you guys might work out like a home birth kind of sounds like the direction that you want to go. But we didn't think that it was an option, you know, financially. We weren't sure insurance wise, whatever. So then we ended up with Susan. And um, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, how you decided to go with Susan as opposed to did you interview a bunch of different midwives? Yeah. Did, did you go to the uh, did you Google midwife? How did you find out? <laughs> well, when we moved, uh, when we moved out here, would be a we, good start. We have, by a, the good, way. We have a good girlfriend that had recommended um, Eisner Pediatric and um, their center downtown because they have a, a group of midwives there and because they deliver their babies at the California Teaching Hospital and California Teaching Hospital allows you to have a water birth. And that was something I was interested in. That if, okay, I was going to deliver at a hospital, then I wanted to be in the tub because I had friends that had done it and obviously there's lots of benefits to that. And your friends had had good experiences. Exactly. And so during our time at attend, going to our checks at Eisner, um, we saw a different midwife every time. And then once we decided uh, that Abby was going to be our doula, uh, we, I started looking and talking to some of the midwives at Eisner that I know do home birth as well. None of them were available. Um, thankfully Abby's aunt was available. I had read great things about her online. Um, obviously the fact that Abby was related to her and spoke so highly of her and everything and just Sue. kind of and Susan Gill. Yeah. yeah and, the, and everything just completely worked out. And and what's so great, too, is that I feel like um, with midwifery and even our our doula, Abby, they were very compliant and like the, it was so customer service oriented versus going into a doctor's office and like waiting in the waiting room for an hour mm. with a mixture of six children, sick children and pregnant women like myself or families walking in and out where, you know, Abby and Susan, and I'm not sure if every midwife does this, maybe they're just a special few, but um like they came to our apartment for that first consultation and they were willing to come to us and answer any questions like positive, negative out, you I would, know, I would off have the to, wall questions that we had. I would like to elaborate on that a little bit, Brian, because my experience with midwives and working with midwives and working in the environment of midwives, whether it be in the prenatal visits, home visits, delivery is I have to say this and I'm not, it's, this is not hyperbole. I always feel better after I'm, when I'm leaving than when I came in. Hmm. I always feel calmer when I work over at the sanctuary. It's yeah. the same way. I, I've said this many times at some of the meetings we have with, with prospective parents, is that I always feel better when I'm leaving than when I came in. If I came in stressed out after spending three or four hours working and seeing clients there or just one hour with uh, talking to uh, families that it, we do once a month, we talk to families, I always feel better. And I think the same thing when you when you were talking about the calmness of her of Alicia's house, literally of the apartment and the baby and the calmness and the serenity was was really it, it overwhelmed me in a great way. And the home birth setting is so much more calm 
Calmer? Yeah. No, so much calmer. So much more calmer. Grammar is not my teacher. My mom is rolling over. If you're looking for somebody to correct your grammar, you picked the wrong clue here. No, and I don't think Randy's going to do it either. The environment of a home birth is so much more calmer considering everything else being equal. Talking about normal, healthy women in labor than in the hospital. The lack of interruptions, the the ability to move around, the ability to eat, the ability to get in the water, get out of the water. Um, get in your own shower, to, grab your own snacks from the fridge. To be surrounded you know? only yeah. by people you chose to be surrounded by. Yes. Right. Well, it's interesting um, that um, something you said a moment ago, I thought uh, as uh, Alicia was talking, doctors do uh, uh, want to get your comment on this, but have Alicia elaborate a bit more on it as well. You talked about how... Um, you know, initially, you don't let a lot of people know. You don't let a lot of people yeah. know. And you said something that was interesting, or I think you posted it, and I thought it was really interesting. I don't think you and I have spoken uh-huh. about it. Oftentimes, you know, you sit with somebody, you do a radio show three hours during the commercial, you pretty much talk about stuff, and we pretty much know what's going on. I don't think I've mentioned this to you, uh-huh. but I made a note of it, and I'm glad that I did. You wrote something basically to the effect of, during the first week of Stevie's life here on Earth after she was born. Yeah. You guys really didn't want visitors. You wanted it to be you, Eric, and Stevie uh-huh. at home. Yes. And it sounded like that meant you didn't want even cl- the closest family there. You wanted to be at and home. Th- and thankfully, they were very understanding of that. Yeah, no, uh, th- you yeah. have a wonderful family. And it wasn't because of germaphobes or anything else. Of course, but speak to why you chose that or desired that. Um, I think because it, it's just such a huge life-changing event. And, and I knew I was limited to the six weeks off from work. And so I kind of selfishly wanted that first week. Um, and we were unsure of what was going to happen. Every, every baby is different. I mean, uh, my sister has a different experience than I did. My my little sister, when she gets married and has kids one day, one day, might have a completely different experience. With baby number two, three, or however many, Lord willing, we have, that every experience I know is going to be different. So I wanted the opportunity for us to kind of be at home and resting at, per Susan's recommendation and also kind of bonding with her and just seeing how things went yeah it's really important for women after they give birth to have these this whether it's days or weeks of just time alone with their family we we even after birth in a home birth setting we do something called we call it the golden hour it's just it's a term that really doesn't you know it's it's just caught on but after a woman gives birth at home and the placenta is out and everything's stable the midwives leave the room and the father and mother and the baby, we leave them alone for an hour. We're not checking necessarily vital signs. We're not interrupting them. We're not taking out their IVs or we're monitoring or doing this. We're just leaving them alone, the three of them. And we're just lis- we're in the other room listening mm-hmm. so that if there's anything that needs to be done, we're doing it. But it, there's, that's, it, that bonding, that oxytocin rush that you get, and whether it's an hour after birth or for mm-hmm. a week after birth, that that is love it's the love hormone and it helps to bond not only mother to baby or father to baby but mother to spouse or mm-hmm. spouses together and it forms a, a, a unit that is much stronger than all the disruption that goes on in in a in the hospital setting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but by week number two i needed my mom there to cook and do laundry i'm sure she was happy to do it oh i'm sure she was all that feel good stuff great okay day no, eight oh eric was yeah. eric was honestly awesome because that first week thankfully i i had great labor and delivery but there's still an element of resting i mean i definitely napped when stevie was napping and and some I look horrible in the pictures, but I will save them for her one day because Eric would snap a photo and it's like me, Stevie, and our dog, Mr. Guinness, like all curled up on the couch next <laughs> to each other. And that time is really important 
to kind of recover and and he and he did the housework i mean i will say that to husbands that especially that first couple weeks i think like mom's job is baby and your job is mom and by helping mom you are helping baby my friend alicia kraus is here she's my co-host from the morning answer on am870 the answer dr Stu is here of course it's his podcast um i, I i'm thinking about uh a, about about something you said, and I, and I don't want to lose it because I, I had in my mind uh, talking about how Dr. Stu wrote a book. I had him on KABC when I worked there some 15 years ago about your book called Fearless Pregnancy. And you talk about, Alicia, or did in the beginning about how you can lose friends. It's like politics, home birthing. It's just kind of a thing. And it would seem to me that it might be time for another round of fearless pregnancy now that home birthing is, is coming on, although only still 1% of births happen outside the hospital. The stress the pressure, the unnecessary nudging and, oh, why are you doing that from all the other girls could only create fear and stress for a pregnant lady. And and my heart does really go to moms like Alicia and so many other that we've met here on the podcast and that you guys have met more than ever I have. That My heart goes to them because how hard it must be to have to nurture and bring this new baby into the world while having all of that negativity about a choice you've made about where you want to deliver your baby. And, and by the way, finally, who could be so mean as to put that stress onto a pregnant <laughs> You'd lady? You'd be surprised. Right. They don't know that they're doing it. They, they don't, they think, they think they're it's being helpful ignorance. or they think they're, they want to connect. And so they say really stupid things. Uh, another book is, is potentially in the works down the road. When I wrote Fearless Pregnancy, along with a midwife, uh, Joyce Weckel, and a, and a mom, Victoria right. Clayton. Right. Um, I was not doing home birthing at that time. I was very supportive of midwifery. I was working in the midwifery model of care where midwives take care of the normal stuff and I would take care of the more mm -hmm. difficult stuff, which is the better way of doing things in, in countries that do better than we do. And for the record, I am not anti the medical field at all. I mean, it is so needed. I, I was a preemie. I was six weeks early, and that was back in 1986. So it's a miracle that I'm still here. Um, and... Well, they did a brilliant job because you're you're brilliant. Thank they're just you. Listening to you, <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm just sort of my mouth has been sort of halfway <laughs> open the whole time. Um, so, but but I think that why yeah why do we just assume that that you need a, a doctor when you're pregnant? I I feel like doctors are are people that you go to when something is wrong. When you're medically. sick, yeah. When, when you're sick, yes. That's right. Mid midwives are designed to deal with normal birthing, and doctors are designed to deal with problems in birthing mm -hmm. and the two don't really mix well and doctors don't have training in normal birthing and I would like to write another book down the road I'm actually going to hopefully publish a paper next year I will have done a hundred home births by probably the middle of next year and I want to do a paper on my first hundred home births because there isn't any literature out there mm -hmm. uh, um, from somebody like me who does you know births at home which are not quite what would be categorized under midwife terminology as normal like you know i do breaches and v-backs and occasionally twins mm -hmm. and those sorts of things because partly because they have no option and i wanted to say one other thing because you mentioned something really briefly before about do the 200 years from now do are we going to have to have birthing in the hospital and i'm hoping that two years from now like like what it, the analogy would be why was all surgery done in hospitals? Because mm. that's where it was done. But then somebody creative decided, you know, let's, let's open surgery centers. Right. And they had surgery centers where minor surgeries and even some major surgeries can be done. At and the so-and-so surgical center. That's right. And they're in and out. They're much more efficient. It's much or more Or in cost L.A., plastic surgeries. Or in their offices, in doctor's offices. Yeah. Well, 
I'm not saying that birthing should be done in doctors' offices, but yeah. why does normal ne- birth need to be done in a place which treats it as if you're about to explode? Did I ever tell you about the time I got a facelift at Home Depot? I mean, you can get stuff <laughs> anywhere, really. And it was wild. Anyway, you're saying no, and, I'm, and I would hope that that my ultimate goal, as I may have mentioned before, sure. is to open up a freestanding maternity center, not a birth center, because a birth center has the connotation of a place where it's basically someone, that, you know, you're, you're giving birth in our living room instead of your living room, mm-hmm. but a place where we have seven or eight or nine soundproof, beautiful labor suites uh-huh. so that you don't have to hear other mothers laboring, where they can get up, they can walk around, they can eat, they can have a have tub. A little, have a little fridge in there. But in the same building, we have an operating room. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we have potential for anesthesiology and OR crew so that people can come. And if people are nervous about having a VBAC or if people are have a breech delivery and they're not nervous about having it at home and they know their only choice is to go to the hospital and have a repeat C-section, they don't have to do that. And ultimately, women who are laboring at home who need to be transported to the hospital, instead of having to be transported to the hospital for pain relief or an epidural may be able to come to a center where they can still keep some of their autonomy and some of their uh, birth plan intact. Our last mm-hmm. question for uh, on this episode of Dr. Stu's podcast for my friend Alicia Krause and my co-host. Man, time has flown by. Yeah, it Sorry, got, it, I know uh, I talked a lot. No, it goes fast. It's the radio host in me. It is the radio host in you. <laughs> yeah. when, you're, uh, you're invited back. Oh, thank it. you. Yeah, you... Um, is this something, because you're a passionate person, I mean, you, yes. you deal about, you know, uh, human trafficking, that's a big one for you. Yeah, you, 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 you speak on those issues, yeah. and you become involved in issues, you become involved in causes. I think I know, uh, definitely. The answer is yes. Yes. You would become involved in this cause. Uh, absolutely. You it would is. advocate publicly birthing at home. Absolutely. I mean, I just had such an amazing experience. I cannot fathom doing it any other way. Um once again, I had an amazing midwife, an amazing doula. Uh, we just, we immediate family and like my best friend were the only ones that knew that we were having home birth and they were thankfully prayerful and supportive and everything. And my husband's support, I think that having a supportive partner through the process is the most important thing. I think, yeah, it is a passion to just kind of educate women and encourage them. Like your body was made to do this. Like this is an exciting and a beautiful time. Don't be intimidated or stressed out by other people and their problems and their story and their crap. Like this is this is between you and your husband and your baby, and it can be an amazing experience. Well, I'm definitely going to be approaching you as there are conferences coming up or or gatherings or rallies or something like that, Alicia. And you don't you can always say no, okay. but I'm hoping you won't. Well, may, you know, Stevie, <laughs> Eric, and I will come along. We, yeah, well, that know. would be great because you know what, you'd be really welcome. And you are a bright, shining light. Yeah, thank and you. you know you're a great and beautiful mom. Oh, thank you. You know that. I appreciate and that. And a wonderful radio co-host as well. Awesome. So thanks for dealing with me at 5.30 I'll, every morning. I'll slip you that 100 later. I appreciate that, thanks, but not in front of the doctor. <laughs> oh, okay. I wanted people to think it was, you know, just okay. genuine. Between All, right. Them. All right, okay. That's Alicia Krause on Dr. Stu's podcast, right on drstuespodcast.com. All the blogs, some YouTube videos. You can click and sort of navigate right there on the website. We're going to have to we're gonna have to put in a no-whispering rule on Dr. Stu's podcast. I, I didn't so. hear any whispering. <laughs> and if you have an email, a question for Dr. Stu, ask Stu at gmail.com. Thank you to the great Alicia Krause. Thank, thank, thank you, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. And to her husband, Eric, a shout out to Mr. Mom at home right now, who's doing one heck of a job. Thanks for joining us for Dr. Stuart Fishbein. I'm Brian Whitman on Dr. Stu's podcast. Yeah.